You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 162. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, verses 37 and 38, and chapter 19, verses 27 through 30. The Lord said to his disciples, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Then Peter said in reply, Lo, we have left everything and followed you. What then shall we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. We hear some really challenging words uh, from Jesus in today's reading. We just heard uh, this quote, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I, this reminds me of a priest I heard tell a funny story about a parishioner telling uh, the priest that he was a fool for giving a homily on this passage that no one could reasonably be expected to love Christ more than they do their own family. And I say it was a funny story because the priest was very animated when he when he recalled this situation. But, but there you have it, uh, seemingly very clear language from Jesus. And while it may be difficult for us to grasp, uh, it doesn't mean that it isn't true. Uh, so, Father, as we begin today, can you help unpack what it is that Jesus is emphasizing here and how we can better understand? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that Jesus is using hyperbole here, which is to say he's stretching the point. But at the same time, there is certainly some truth that we should love God more than our family. But I would just say in general that I think the two are not opposed to each other. And, and what do you mean by that? Well, most of the time, loving our family is a way of showing love for God. And of course, this is especially true when we're speaking about family members who might get on our nerves. It's easy for us to love family members who love us back and, and when we get along with them easily. But it's more difficult when we speak about family members with whom we might often disagree or be annoyed. Uh, regardless, I, I want to stress this, that most of the time, loving our family is a way of showing love to God. And why do you stress that? Uh, it's important for us to understand, I think, with marriage specifically, family life more generally, there are opportunities for us to work out our salvation. So generally speaking, uh, I don't like the idea that, that some people have about, I need to love God more than my spouse. Most of the time, unless, of course, you know, your spouse is asking you to do something unethical or contrary to the gospel. We can talk about that more soon, but most of the time submitting to your spouse is a way of pleasing God. It's a way of learning self-denial, of learning to give up your own will. So we shouldn't act as though it's a competition. 
Would you maybe provide us some examples of this that you've dealt with in the past? Yeah, so, uh, sometimes I think uh, one spouse perhaps is more externally pious than the other. Perhaps they want to be at, at every single church service, uh, but their spouse finds that difficult or, or burdensome. Uh, and in those situations, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with finding a healthy balance. Uh, you see, if we're, if we're really st- uh, stressing out our spouse in these situations, it, it may have the opposite effect. We might be turning them off to the spiritual life uh, more broadly. Uh, so let me you know, use an analogy. If, if your spouse hasn't been exercising and you sign them up for a marathon, it's probably going to fail, and they aren't going to be that interested in running with you in the future. Uh, on the other hand, if you start with something more reasonable, uh, eventually you can work up to something more. And the other thing to stress here is that even with things that might in and of themselves be good, if we're, if we're doing these things because of our own will, our own desires, and it becomes burdensome or difficult for our spouse or our family, we're much better off uh, practicing true spirituality, which includes giving up our own will, our own desires. After all, that is uh, one of the main purposes of going to church. It's not an end in and of itself. It is a means by which we can learn to become better Christians, where we can learn to better follow Christ, to take up our cross, which means to deny ourselves. I appreciate your guidance there, Father, and I can certainly understand how sometimes it could be best for us to give up our own will for the benefit of our spouse or our children or relatives, friends. And on the other hand, as you alluded to, there are times when we need to put down our foot when we need to take a stand. Uh, Could you maybe address that? Yeah, absolutely. There are times we, we need to do that and to understand what Jesus was talking about here when he makes this point. Keep in mind that the passage right before today's reading in Matthew 10 is about the upcoming persecution of Christians. So Jesus is alluding to some specific circumstances where it is necessary, to borrow your language, for us to put our foot down, uh, take a stand. But those are more extreme circumstances than most of us live in on a daily basis. Uh, But in these cases, when, when a spouse or family member is actively trying to turn us away from faith in Christ, from doing God's direct will, then yes, we have to choose Christ over that relationship. So, you know, to refer back to to my previous example, it's one thing if your spouse uh, needs a break from every single church service. It's another thing if our spouse is trying to stop us from ever going to church again, or if our spouse is trying to do things or get us to do things that directly contradict Christ's teaching. So just to summarize, so I make sure I understand, if, if we're in a situation where a spouse or child or relative tries to turn us away from God or our faith in Christ, it's necessary for us to place God above them. Uh, and, and that's especially true in times of persecution of Christians. But in most cases, one way we show our love for God is to show love and care for our family. And often that includes us putting aside our own desires, our own will, to ensure we're helping our family along the path of God as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think that's a good way to put it. Okay, so um, let's turn now to the, the final verse today, which reads, But many that are first will be last, and the last first. Can you explain this verse to us, Father? It's a really good question, and it's a bit confusing, I think, in today's reading. And, and the reason I say that is that the reading today is actually a combination of two passages. The first one... Uh, which we've already discussed, comes from Matthew 10. But the final three verses of today's 
reading, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, actually come from Matthew 19. So there is a different context there. And what is that context? In Matthew 19, right before this teaching of Jesus, that the first will be last and the last first, we hear the story of the young man who came to Jesus to ask what he must do to have eternal life. And Jesus tells him to keep the commandments. And, and they have a brief dialogue with this uh, young man and Jesus, which indicates the young man has kept all the commandments. And Jesus then tells him if he wishes to be perfect, to sell all that he has to give to the poor and follow Jesus. And as you may remember, the young man, we're told, went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And then following that, uh, the disciples are absolutely amazed, you know, asking who could possibly be saved. And the reason uh, for their dismay is the fact that in their minds, keeping the commandments is the way to eternal life. So they're confused by what Jesus is saying here. Ultimately, however, Jesus is teaching them that they must give up their own righteousness, their self-righteousness, and must accept the spiritually poor Jewish outcasts and the Gentiles, as well, of course, as those who are materially poor and destitute, as we hear throughout the Gospels. And so it, it is then that Jesus concludes that section with this saying that you quoted, many who are first will be last and the last first. So then to conclude, Father, would you just kind of briefly elaborate on, on what that means with, within this context then that you just described? Yeah, what it, what it means is that those who are considered last in this world, those who are uh, materially, monetarily poor, those who are spiritually poor, those who are religious outsiders, these will be the first in the kingdom if they put their hope in God. On the other hand, those who are given preference in this world, those who consider themselves to be spiritually superior, these will be last in Christ's kingdom. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we began by discussing Jesus' statement that can seem to pit our love of our family against our love for God. As Father Aaron explained, the two are not opposed to each other. In fact, showing love to our family is a way of showing our love toward God. And this is especially true in the case of marriage and our family life, which provides us with opportunities for us to work out our salvation. In most cases, Unless our spouse or family member is asking us to do something that is contrary to the gospel, submitting to our spouse is a way of pleasing God. It's a way of practicing true spirituality by learning self-denial and giving up our own will. There are times, however, when we must put our foot down and take a stand. Thankfully, those instances are generally few and far between. We then discuss the verse, But many that are first will be last and the last first. Father, explain that those who are considered last in the world, those who are materially or spiritually poor, those who are religious outsiders, will be first in the kingdom if they put their hope in God. And for those who are given preference in this world, those who consider themselves to be spiritually superior, these will be last in Christ's kingdom. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.